welcome to Through the Gate podcast. Uh, today, not only am I joined by Quentin, but uh, I have a, a special guy who has forced his way into my apartment and is now sitting at the table with me. Ah, uh, yes. Like Thanos in the Avengers. I was mentioned a couple times, and now I'm here. <laughs> He's finally out of the bathroom, folks. Uh, I came back. <laughs> Maybe this time he closed the door behind him. You nearly killed my cat the last time. Rest in peace. Now, interestingly enough, this podcast is about love, death, and robots. I, I honestly don't know when Love, Death, and Robots technically came out. I, I think it was like 2019. It feels like 2019. Because like, I didn't watch it until there were two full seasons, so I was uh, severely behind. Yeah, same. I, I kind of just kept seeing it on Netflix pop up every now and again. I'd be like, well, this looks like garbage, and then I'd just avoid it. This was my during my Netflix anime phase. So, of course, naturally, I watched it right away, and then I said... Talon, you should watch this. I it's remember great. this, uh, and I did. Uh, Talon just blew me off and, and didn't watch it. But I managed to uh, trap Quentin in my household for about an hour and a half, and we watched a couple of episodes, <laughs> and I think that's what got it going. Was this when I was helping you move at one point? This now? was. This was when you were helping me move into oh, yeah. the old house. That checks out. Yeah. <laughs> Another time I never got any so compensation. So we triangulate. This, Classic uh, Gabriel entrapment. If we triangulate this, 2019 sounds about right. March 15th of 2019. Heck yeah. You guys are about right on it. And oh, yeah, because this was the time when, like, I also had a class that I was working on, and you're like, I need help moving real bad. And I was like, I guess. And oh, I no. Just... No, I, I typed in season 21 of Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, man. Foreshadowing. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> Maybe so. Okay, when, and season two, which is when I jumped in, came out May 14th of 2021. Wow, I didn't think there were two years behind. Yeah, that was a that was a long I guess that was gap. A one year turnaround between seasons two and three. Yeah, that does. But I guess so. Odd. Like season one had like eighteen episodes yeah. in it, and it had crazy success too. So like I imagine they they didn't think they were gonna be successful, and then they were like, oh, we got to make nine more episodes of this. Yeah, because the, the the following seasons only have nine episodes a piece, right? I actually don't know what season two has. Season three might only have eight. Actually, season three has nine. Does it? Mm-hmm. Season two getting more episodes. No, season two is not getting more episodes. <laughs> they got a season three though, idiot. Gotta go back and tell them. Who? This came out May fifteenth of twenty twenty two. Someone asked this stupid question. <laughs> Some people wait, don't understand how volume wait. work. It's actually eight episodes in season two. Wait, it looks like when did se- season three came out? Like the beginning of this month, right? Yeah, like May. This guy asked this question in in this month. He asked it a couple days ago. Oh, oh. Is this just to Gabe? be fair? Is this Gabe in a random? There course? was there was not a whole lot of lead up to it. I remember that I I literally got an email from Netflix the day before it came out. I had no idea season three was coming. Usually they do a good job of like advertising anything new coming, mm-hmm. but I got like an email the day before that was like. By the way, Love, Death, and Robots Season 3 is coming. I was like, oh, okay, that's something to watch. See, and I, I, put it on I TV. think the reason that they've been doing that, more stuff like that lately, is because uh, they do have, like, just a section now on Netflix where it's, like, up-and-coming things, and you're just, like, expected to go through and look at that. Like, I knew about it about two to, like, maybe a month in advance just because I go through that section every and now and again. Disney Plus tries that. I, I, I just know because they advertise it, not because yeah. they put it in the section. I, I think in terms of, like, anthology series, well, animated ones specifically, this one probably has done it the best, like, that I can think of that's been consistent. What are, what are the other ones? There is Star Wars Visions. Oh, okay, yeah. Which I thought was really all over the place in its I... quality. I never watched, like, I watched a couple episodes, I picked, like, the well-animated ones that I was like, oh, I'll watch this one, and then I kind of skipped the rest of them, 
And also, wasn't there like a like a rock star one? That was episode two that of was, Star Wars Visions. That one yeah. kind of killed it for me. Episode, I, the voice acting was so bad. I, I watched that episode and I was like, you know what? I think I'm good without Visions. I think the whole of Visions would have been better if it had just been entirely dubbed in Japanese. If it had yeah. been Japanese, I wouldn't have mind. But because I could hear English with my English-speaking voice, <laughs> it just sounded completely terrible. I'd wager even among anthology series that aren't animated, it's very well done. I think hindsight is twenty twenty. so now that I have seen the later e- episodes and seasons of Black Mirror, I'm able to look back on it, not fondly, but terribly, because the... <laughs> Season 3 and 4 are just garbage compared to seasons 1 and 2. Overall, consistency has been a good thing about Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing, is like the episodes are so short, mm-hmm. the episodes are so concise and decently animated across the board that if you have a bad episode, you may not like as much or you may, may you know, find boring. It's over so quick that you just forget about yeah. it. Yeah, it gets washed over by the wave of like six other episodes you watch in the next yeah. like 15 minutes. But I feel like that also kind of leads into the problem with it for me because like maybe this is a hot take, but season one is like by far so much better than season like volume two and three that it's just like I feel like volume two and three kind of just gets washed out of my memory after a while. On like the subsequent rewatches, season one's just like overall better for me because of the the sheer number of episodes. Mm-hmm. I think because you have so many different flavors and you have so many different uh, universes to explore, you just end up with like an overall better experience. Uh, whereas like when you have a like a bad episode, like I think it, not necessarily a bad episode, but a mediocre episode. Like I think there's like two a season uh, where, you know, two a season for episode for season one is like, you know, one ninth of the season, but season two episodes for seasons two and three are like, that's like one fourth of the season. Yeah. So it's like, it's much more, you know, you can definitely notice the drop in quality. Mm-hmm. But, like, even going back and, like, I, I went through, like, all three seasons today. And I was like, which ones do I really enjoy? And there were, like, eight or nine in volume one that I was like, yeah, this, these are really good. And then I looked at volumes, like, volume two. I watched Tall Grass and Snow in the Desert, and that was it. Well, I will say, um, some of my best episodes come from the later seasons. Like, overall, uh, the the later seasons have higher highs for me. But the consistency in season one is much better higher because the average is just much higher in season one i i agree with you i think season one's way better but seasons two and three have like very standout episodes like tall grass or like uh very heart of the machine like those two episodes in seasons two and three were like so solid that i like i i remember them a lot better i have like three episodes in season one that i just i freaking love so I'm, I'm just uh i'm going through all the stuff from season two i will say season two is a little forgettable there's like four episodes in there i rewatched them all at work and there's like four episodes in there that are really really good like season two pop squad has the oh, am i allowed to talk about spoilers or i guess like yeah it's an spoiler. anthology series just go right into spoilers Can I spoil an 18 minute episode yeah i there, there's no reason to hold back in on this one because uh, how do you how, we'd have to do like a non-spoiler section for every episode so doesn't matter. Just do it. All right. Going forward, I'll probably spoil a couple episodes, but Pop Squad Season 2 is the episode where no one can have babies because they're all immortal and there would lead to a like a crazy population. Control. I forgot about this one. And there's like, there's, oh, broke people have babies because they have nothing else to live for. Yeah. Their lives are so miserable that they're like, okay, why don't we have a baby? That episode, fantastic. Uh, great episode. Mm-hmm. I, I rewatched it. I completely forgotten about it. Rewatching it, so amazing. So like one of my favorite episodes. It has a really strong ending. I think it's a bit of a slow burn at first, mm-hmm. but uh, once you get into the last couple minutes when he visits the house, I think that's when it really hit me personally. Mm-hmm. And this is this is how the the general cadence for every single episode of yeah. Robots. I think where like 
there are not a lot of episodes that have super strong starts, but most of them have like endings that just you know keep you on the edge of your seats. Mm-hmm. So the the style of series this is, I, I think, allows for such high constant quality because you're not asking one group of people to do a 10 out of 10 nine times in a row. You're asking one studio to do the best they can do once. And so mm-hmm. every episode is a different team trying to give it their all because they're going to be on Netflix and everyone's going to see this one thing and then that is going to catapult them into the future. This is really people's careers on the line and they get to show the thing they love. And since this whole series is a labor of love because every no one has done one of these episodes oh, because they had love, to. love, death, and robots? Shut up. Shut up. Um, All right. So I guess question for you. I don't know if this was like listed anywhere that you looked. Is there any guidelines that they had to follow for each of these episodes? Like it was there like a a certain topic they tried to hit or a certain message that they wanted to get through with any of these episodes? uh, Or did they just find like a studio randomly that put out like really good animation, really good art or just like really good concepts? And they were like, yeah, do something for us. Don't care. Here's what it can't have. Anything else is fair game. Not that I have seen, but... Because I think that's, like, the really interesting thing about this is the fact that, like, all these studios, they were like, yeah, you can just do whatever. And I'm sure, like, every studio put in four or five ideas and they were, like, kind of, like, Netflix pick what they wanted them to do and run with, but... The fact that Netflix even gave them that much freedom to do what they wanted to with it. Okay, this is a... I I actually looked this up because he brought it up. Apparently, the original vision for it was that the director Miller brought his his own stories and gave them the storylines, and then it was up to the animators to animate it, voice act it. Oh, that's interesting. uh, To create the, you know, the general aesthetic. So all this just came from one guy? Yeah. That's pretty crazy, actually. The written by the same guy, but the animation or the direction they take is all... That seems wild. ...is all uh, unique to it. These were all stories that were just handwritten by him, and then only, uh, in the original season at least, only two of the episodes were were ones he made because he was like, okay, I'm making a series about, an anthology series about, like, random stories that I've made. So, uh, apparently that was his uh, direction for that, which is why I guess we do see a lot of uh, reoccurring themes, yeah, reoccurring it, aspects. Uh, one of the reoccurring things from like what I saw was like every time they talked about like some kind of weird like hive mind thing, like or just kind of like that kind of concept art, it came up a lot between the series, like between the swarm episode that just came out, the Aquila Rift or whatever, and just a lot of kind of hive mind swarm kind of things going on. Yeah, and there's a lot of. Yeah, there's a a lot of reoccurring themes and uh, storytelling elements that you see across the board. So it makes sense that it was uh, that they were like consistently written by -hmm. the same person, or at least for the first season. That that is what I'm seeing on uh, this IGN (laughs) by Mr. Tom Power. Uh, Thank you, sir. But uh, that's apparently how they got to that. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna break it down into like volumes? I have a collider list that they made of what they think is the proper ranking of every episode from season three. So we'll decide whether we start at the bottom of the list or the top of the list compared to our own thoughts. Okay, we'll start at the bottom. Okay, all right. I like the suspense, but season three, (laughs) top, if it's not the one about the rats, if it's not Mason's rats, I write... I've already looked through this list, so I know know the general order. I know what's on bottom, and I know what's on top. If they put Mason's rats on bottom, I'm gonna fight. (laughs) It's like literally the best episode. (laughs) Most of this list I don't think will surprise anyone. My one critique about season three, well, I have many critiques, but my big critique about Love, Death, and Robots season three is that it seems uh, to be disproportionately death and not so much love and robots. 
There's a couple there. episodes that are cool. Like, there's a couple love episodes. There, it, this is like all. This is I, like a very murdery season. I, I feel like <laughs> robots are, are severely underutilized yeah. in the love, death, and robots. I feel like, well, I guess going into where, where I think will, what, what I hope is at the bottom, besides uh, the the night of the living mini dead. Oh no! Uh, it is definitely oh. at the bottom, isn't it? Because it's like five minutes. Which one? Night of the living dead. Night of the living mini dead. I'm not gonna tell you where it is, but it's not the bottom. Okay. Okay. The, the, where I think we'll be at the bottom. Oh, no, that's good. Okay, what do you guys think is the top? Like, Oh, it's got like, to be Jabaro. Like, uh, if it's like, if, if people are going for like artsy points, if people are This seems for... to be not necessarily, looking at how it's ranked, it's not art necessarily, but more uh, overall story and vibe, I think. Oh, it's got to be the, the boat episode then. The boat episode was my favorite. By that far. one, I think in terms of story is the best. Like my personal opinion on season three, I, like I agree with you. Minutes, and I think that's probably why it's the yeah. best is because it's the longest. Yeah, it had the most time to really flesh out its characters. And we'll kind of talk about each of these episodes as they pop up in the list. Yeah, like as far as what other people probably thought was the best, probably the bad travels would be like my opinion based on like vibes, but like not my personal favorite. Really good and like top three for sure. But like, so what's your favorite? My, my favorite's the Mason's, Mason's Rats. Mason's Rats? Just because it's fun. Well, it kind of murders, but it's fun. Okay, so we're starting at the bottom. Yeah. Number nine is The Swarm. This is a Collider thing, by the way. We didn't make this list. I found I found it on Collider. They have a description of why they thought like this, but I didn't, I'm not going to care too much about their opinions. But okay. it is a Collider article. I somewhat agree with this. I, I think Night of the Mini Dead should be at the bottom just because... I really like that one because it's, it's a funny. It's fun episode, but it's like, it doesn't have a whole lot going for it. It's just literally the zombie tale told with like little mini guys. Funny. It's funny. I, say, it's I think nice that's why they... take on it though. That's why they placed it where they did though because it's sort of like in the middle of, of the season. So I think they placed it there. So after, you know, you've kind of slogged through some depressing nonsense of, <laughs> of people dying and betrayals, you get little tiny meeples murdering each other. right after the Pulse of the Machine, which oh, is yeah. the most depressing episode for <laughs> me so yeah i understand that completely but. i i think that's what they were doing there the the basic background for the swarm episode as it seems like humans as a race are kind of speckled throughout the universe and they're all engaging with different groups mm-hmm. and then collecting that knowledge and bringing it back to earth the main focus of this is a group of aliens called the swarm which is kind of like a, a weird hive mind situation that they operate like a machine and can quickly adapt by creating new versions of itself to meet whatever the need is. Yeah, it's like macro evolution on like a super huge scale. Mm-hmm. They can just evolve whatever they need like in an instant. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, but I know why they put this at the bottom, and it's because it suffers from the problem this season has, which is that every episode in this season, for some reason, has an animal talking through a human's face. I thought you were kidding when you told me this. I didn't even and it think popped about up it. almost every episode, it's like and I'm like, oh. Five, five or six of the eight episodes have an animal talking through a human's face and i understand why i like it's a cool horror element half the time it doesn't make sense though yeah like the way they do it like in in the the bad travels episode it's just a crab talking through a guy's corpse like he's like you're a crab but he's just a crab man (laughs) yeah that didn't make sense at all he's just got his little clawy bits shoved up this man's torso as good as that episode was there were so many like weird things about it that i was like why why, why is he on the boat? I think it's very clear what episode we all want to talk about. We, we yeah. keep gravitating okay. towards it. But uh, uh, keep going. Let's, let's, like, uh, as far as the swarm for me, like, one of my biggest problems with it looking back is it's a very, like, cliche topic. Have we seen this before? This felt very familiar to it, me. So for me, this this felt a little worn out for the series because it it just felt like a Kila Rift, which is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, like that I is said, Aquila, Beyond Aquila Rift is one of my favorite episodes right there in the beginning mm-hmm. of season one. 
and it just felt like Aquila Rift, but if as if it weren't a dream. Uh, yeah, it felt like Aquila Rift, but without the dreaming aspect. Because so it made it worse. Like, it was yeah. the worst version. Yeah, like someone like taking on the visage of uh, someone's lover, and uh, it just it, yeah, it, without the without the amoral aspect of the alien. Like the alien here felt very. Uh, it had like, a moral compass, or like it had like well, it, it had no moral compass. It was like just doing what it needs to do to survive. There are some interesting concepts here, like there are in like any episode, but it felt a little worn out for the series, which, mm-hmm. which is okay. Like, well, I also felt though, the characters were not very, like the human characters I, are I poorly developed. I don't remember them all. Like, I just they had their, names, didn't they? I, there was a scientist <laughs> lady and there was a scientist man. And that was it. And yeah. the man was very greedy and was like, I want this. And then the woman was like, you maybe shouldn't, you, do, you shouldn't do that. And then the guy was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> we human. She kicks yeah. She's like, ah, yes, I forgot that we're human. And she's been like, time to copulate. She's been around these aliens for like a year now and just chilling, having a great time. And then the then the, the immediate the, the second someone shows up, she's like, all right, time to kill these. And I was just like, geez, okay. Well, that was where we got our love. You had to get it somewhere in the This series. has, I thought, was one of the like the most, the most awkward. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the sex scene in this felt weird it was and like, unnecessary. If and it came out of nowhere. Watching, probably. Like, it's a hive mind. Everybody knows. Exactly. It's weird. But like, she's like, "No, you're terrible." And then she's like, "But uh, hey, you wanna you wanna have some fun tonight in these weird weed things?" <laughs> I think the most interesting concept of this episode is discarded almost immediately. Is it the is, bug vomit that everyone needs to eat? No, no, no. That's nah, that the, was. Uh, it's I got thoughts on that. that. Drive them to the to the hive. Like the oh alien yeah, drives, <laughs> the alien race that drives the guy to the hive they're like all right you're here and they like they seem like a cool alien race i thought that was going to be an interesting concept to explore nah, he never comes back he's, he's like, tossing we'll out back in two earth years and then he he, he just leaves for the rest of the episode oh yeah he, he, like i thought the, it was gonna like the ending to this was going to be that he comes back and he's like another one lost to the, to the hive <laughs> oh line. shucks another stupid human <laughs> there he goes the ending to this was even like and it sounds like i hate the episode but i actually i like the episode it just sounds like I hate the episode because I can find things to critique about it. But that's that why is, it's on the bottom of the list. Collider yeah. also hated it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't hate it. It just it, it, it is a a very middling. It's a real basic episode. Yeah, it's a real yeah. middling it's so episode. So basic. I, I I just didn't care for it for that reason. There weren't any like memorable characters in it. There's just nothing great about the episode. Yeah, and that's the problem with it. The, the twist in this episode comes from. Uh, that the alien uh, really quickly evolves to the fact that the humans are trying to plot something against it to use its uh, children for war and transport, and it evolves a sentient force within it to deal to combat the humans. And then, for some reason, uh, in its infinite wisdom, this sentient force decides that it will either spare this one human guy who has slighted it and they can he can willingly cooperate with breeding with the the woman who is now captive by the alien well she's dead she's well didn't they they like gave her consciousness back and she was like please help me she had a hole in her head yeah she had a hole in her head (laughs) and she had tentacles shoved in her brain you don't come back they also said they could clone him like randomly and it was like wait a second now this is weird it's like like i think it's supposed to be saying something about the hubris of the human race like we're too arrogant for our own good Mm -hmm. and we believe we can stop this inevitable doom but that's like that's like the basic concept of literally every show like i it's true it's 100 percent true but i don't want to hear about it a thousand times in every single episode what were you guys hoping was at number nine 
I like the ninth position is one of the ones I'm most interested in asking about because it's the one we would all hate the most. So, right. in my opinion, uh, I just feel like uh, Night of the Mini Dead, Mini Living Dead, just didn't have a whole lot going for it, mm. other than being just a like a funny episode. But it, it's hard, honestly, for for this season, it's it's really hard to find like bad episodes because like saying it's the worst episode insinuates it's a bad episode. But honestly, all of these are pretty above par what yeah. I expect from an anthology series. Oh, guys, series. I, the more I, I look at this list the more angry you are going to become. This list has shifted, I think, from the last time I looked at it. There, it gets it gets bad. It's bad. Oh, God. There's Collider like, did not know what they were doing. There's, like, four different episodes that I think are, like, equally bad, though. So, like, I... I really middle of the road. I think we're on the same page with that. Yeah, like, The Swarm isn't a good episode, but there's, like I said, like, three others that I was like, oh, this is fine. But that's about it. Like, the robot one, I personally didn't like the very pulse of the machine that much. I didn't either. I disagree with you but go on. <laughs> it, it's like something they've done already almost. Like we just it. actually watched an episode before you got here that was very similar. It, instead of an acid trip on Mars, it was an acid trip in the desert. Yeah. And there were fish instead of uh, it, big it's astronauts. It's literally <laughs> just like... <laughs> I, I think I know exactly what episode you're talking about. Is it the... Uh... It's like literally has fish in its name. There. Ah, fish night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, once again... <laughs> I, I get the point that they're trying to make with it, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, she's just walking through, she's drugging up, like it's just an acid high. trip. I don't care. Like it's a it's a pretty episode. Yeah. Like I think it's a pretty. I episode. don't think they went far enough. When like, not I saw drugs, yeah, like should have yeah. done a line. Yeah, more just more drugs. Eight ounces of morphine. Yeah. <laughs> but when I read the description of the episode and I saw a trailer for it, I I guess I expected a bigger trip than what I got. Not just like when weird we, lines. When and, we yeah. get to when we get to this episode in the list, I will tell you guys my opinion, but okay. I, I I'll reserve it for then. All right. Number 8, personally, I think this one might well, probably should have been number nine. Invaulted Halls Entombed. Oh, the Cthulhu episode? Yeah, this... Oh, I don't this is not the worst episode, but this was this was an episode. Uh, it felt like there was nothing in it. So this is yeah. the episode where was the, the Marine... Biggest, oh, yeah. One and, of the three. And there was sort no of love. Robots. I didn't love anything. Yeah, no, it, it was hate. <laughs> but a lot of people died. Yeah. Uh, so in this episode, a bunch of good all-American soldiers what go to... Go Actually, to this one has a lot of guns in it. Yeah, they, they go to... This has a lot of guns in it. They go to kill some Taliban or some terrorists or whatever. They follow them into a cave. Uh, the terrorists get eaten by bugs because it's what they deserve, I guess. And then they find out that Cthulhu is chained up in the basement. That's this episode. I would have been okay with this episode if it wasn't for how it ended, to be honest. It was so freaking strange. Just because the guy, like, goes insane. And then the girl's like, oh, no. And then she keeps just staring at it. Yeah. It's just, like, I could leave now, but I won't. It's such a classic military tale because, you know, every minute a new person dies because that's what have to, has to happen. And then it ends up being one guy and one girl, and the guy loses his mind. I think... Uh... As a Cthulhu mythos, it's okay. But I don't really watch Love, Death, and Robots for the Cthulhu mythos. It's obviously supposed to be Cthulhu. Like, what? No. None yeah, but of us are, none of us no, are like, I wasn't Cthulhu. None of us are like this big squid beast in the basement. With <laughs> huge wings yeah. that was like, like destined to destroy everything. Like the episode we just mentioned, I think this is another one that doesn't lean heavily enough into the source material it's trying to convey. Yeah. Like if, if there was, I feel like if there was more of the, it's it, it, it all has to do with like the start. Like the start seems com- like a completely different story. Yeah. From the from the end, like the the start is like 
okay, we're hunting these terrorists down. It's like a quite like a regular military tale. And then the ending is Cthulhu. So yeah. these are two separate concepts. I don't think like the desert is a good place for Cthulhu. Like I don't I, Cthulhu I, I associate more with the sea. I well, that's yeah. why they like put him in the desert. Sea. It makes sense. It's like it's he just, can't swim in the can't swim in the sand, can he? In the bizarre gorilla glue they choose to connect the start with the Cthulhu are like robot spiders. Oh, okay. <laughs> like the, what? The, uh, they were metal. What? Robot. It's the well, scarecrow from uh, the mummy, to, like the yeah. mummy, where they just chew off the flesh of humans. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I gotta be honest. I, in terms of things I did not see coming, I did not see it being Cthulhu. I thought it was gonna be anything else, like yeah, just a, like a, like a, a spaceship robot. or something. Like, well, yeah, it was an alien, but Here. no, it was it was literally Cthulhu, like a, a giant robot or a giant death or a giant love, but it was none of those things. <laughs> Here, here's my question though. Also, like with this episode, why was everyone in the military was like spiders? You know how we can kill ten thousand spiders? Not the grenades we have. Oh my god, it's such a waste. Yeah, the forty times that they all look back. Oh my god, it's just like, run, just man. Run. Just run. <laughs> They're going pretty slow too they're just like, like low they're crawling they like jumping they're you just... were like everyone in this episode had the, every chance to live the terrorists the soldiers probably even Cthulhu. but they looked back four four or five times each a piece and they they're like i know i know we tried them i know we tried the bullets last time but how about we try again well i think also it doesn't help times that the charm. sergeant is just an insane person like yeah. obviously there's all these terrible yeah. things going down that's probably why he got infected by Cthulhu. But no, like, first of all, there's all these things going down, and then these, like, Taliban guys are, like, running scared, and the guy's, like, not like, huh, maybe this doesn't have anything to do with the Taliban. He's just like, let's <laughs> shoot him. Why were the Taliban trying to go there to begin with? I don't know. I think they were just, like, random. Like, that's Well, presumably, this is, this is clearly tailored towards uh, the Jarhead folks. Yeah. And uh, the Taliban live in caves. There was a cave. Yeah, they that, ran to that's cave. What I was going, <laughs> that's what I was going to say, and then I was like, I don't really want to say. Okay, I changed my opinion. This deserved. To be yeah, it was. I, I actually, I firm. Now that I'm thinking more about this episode, this firmly deserved to be number nine because it, it's so separated from the rest of the yeah, series. Yeah, it has no real story to tell besides well, Cthulhu's in the basement. And also, <laughs> this is just. I I really hate in this how in this volume they really leaned into like the military fighting like random things, just like the bear episode. This was I just. <laughs> It was just the military shooting their guns at random things that couldn't, they couldn't do anything about. Feels good. Yeah? Feels, Feels good. good. Getting that, getting that like, It's masturbation allegory. Oh, I'm sorry. That's I, what it is. It's all, it's all allegory for masturbation. We'll move on to the next one. All right. Number seven. You're all going to appreciate this one. It's Jabaro. This is horse <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay, like... I'm happy. Okay, like, I understand Jabaro not being number one. I, I, I firmly, like, I, I agree... I, I agree. Jabaro's not my number one. My number one is the the seafaring episode, which is but fair. I understand it being at the top of any list from an allegory standpoint. I understand it being at the top of every list. I don't think it deserved to be number seven. <laughs> okay, I swear the first time I looked at this list, this was number four. That makes sense. That's a fair yeah, position yeah, for that to be. That's that's fine. And it somehow it everything flopped around. Like there was. Like the number one. Do you think they like just they move the numbers around? Well, I wonder if this is. Are people on. voting on this? I I haven't found a place to vote. I'm very active on the Love, Death, and Robots oh. subreddit, so <laughs> I uh, I know that the community loves to jerk this episode off, and that's why I'm pretty sure it was. I was pretty sure it was going to be number one. It's also the only episode you can find articles on. It's because uh, it is very artistic. Because like, everybody was like, this is a masterpiece. It, and to its credit, it, it is animated to perfection. It yeah. does look it looks really good. Like, 
like spot on. Like, and no mocap was used in this, by the way. It, it's just all two D oh, and three D. That is, yeah, that is very surprising. Yeah, it's very peculiar. I think, like, in terms of allegory, I think this episode did a good job of like, like rape allegory and allegory for like, uh, you know, what it feels when you love someone and you know they leave you or whatnot. Mm-hmm. However, uh, the episode was really hard on the eyes. Yeah, like it's except like I have blue light glasses. I like I look at screens all day, and this this episode did give me a headache. It it did give me a headache to watch. I think the story's great though. I think the it's one of the better ones. It's it's it it watches like an old Greek myth, and mm-hmm. I think that's what I like the most about it. I mean, it is just the old Greek myth of the siren. But with a yeah. guy instead. But well, it, it like reads exactly like a Greek myth. It's supposed to be uh, colonialism. Is what it's representative of. Yeah, that's of. what everyone's on the subreddit saying. Yeah. You read the subreddit, I see. I, I didn't like this episode, not because I didn't think that, like, I can see where it's mm-hmm. good. I, I just, I didn't like anyone. I, just, yeah. I, I hated everyone. Like, I understand, like, it is colonialism. It, it's the Spanish rolling in and just taking whatever they want. So I guess this is another, this is another death, another death check mark in the love, death, and robots without any robots. Uh, there, there was, was love. love. There was technically love. Yeah. Well, I think I think this episode does what Love, Death, and Robots does best, which is death, death, uh, showing a universe that I titties. like. Like I wouldn't have thought of. There weren't titties in this. Not there were kind of titties. Yeah, there were kind of. But uh, <laughs> I think it, it does a good job of showing like an episode with like uh, I think what I, what I think is a very a concise and well thought out idea, and like uh, a lot of episodes this season don't do that. Mm-hmm. I understood this being like I would understand this being fourth. I do not understand this being seventh. Yeah, it's seventh is way too like. Just on design alone, this thing belongs in the top five at least. Of of like a nine episode, I think, yeah. Yeah, it it does not deserve this position. Also, Collider seems to have uh, no balls or backbone of any kind because they don't give any explanation (laughs) as to why they play this. This is just just like you're, you're clicking through a slideshow and they're like, this is number six. Yeah, they, they have uh, the list. And uh, you get to the episode, and then it gives you a description of the episode and why it was kind of good. But they don't ever <laughs> say, like, why it's low. All right. Don't want to take that heat. The next one, I think this one should belong under Jibaro. I, I don't think this even belongs in six, but is the very pulse of the machine. Okay. Now that we're here. Please go. Now Please that we're here to talk about it. Release the dogs of war. Uh, the reason I think I, I like this one, initially, Angel and I watched this the day it came out, and initially... Uh, when we watched the first two minutes of the episode, we were like, this animation is ass. I hate this. This is the worst thing ever. It, like, it does the cel-shaded animation from, like, Legend of Korra, which mm-hmm. uh, only done worse somehow. Yeah. So, I, like, it's like that 3D cel-shaded. It looks like a Genshin Impact scene. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man, this is miserable to watch. And the concept's just, like, not even that good. It's like this lady traveling with her friend. She's like... All right, buckle down, and then the lady dies because she didn't buckle down. And I was like, okay, this is like, why? Yeah, am I put on your seatbelt, idiot. But it's like, it's this is the Dune episode. I understand that now. But then <laughs> it does evolve into an episode that I like because, unlike most Love, Death, and Robots episodes, this episode has a good ending. Like it's one. It, like, yeah, that's fair. I'll she, give you that. Like she takes a leap of faith at the end of the episode and says, you know, either I'm going to die or I won't die, and. At the end of the episode, it ends up paying off because she, like, at the end of the episode, she's like, Houston, this is, you know, Mary Goldman or whatever my name is, uh, you know. She actually does, her consciousness is maintained or whatever. But, I mean, like, at the same time, you could kind of take the ending in a different way and just saying that she's, like, assimilated with the planet and the planet's just using her conscience. That 
I mean, like, and and that's it does it does it, it does have that that issue with the season, which is just creatures talking through humans. Yeah, and yeah. again. It, but it, I think this this episode does it a lot better because uh, it is a drug trip. I, like I, like you said, I wish it would have leaned into the drug trip this, a little more. This should have sold me on LSD. I should have watched this <laughs> and immediately ran to my local dealer and bought LSD. But you know what? I looked at it. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I, I don't like, need it. I like the poetry aspect. I liked her trying to convey ideas through poetry. But at the same time, it didn't make much sense because she had access to the full lexicon of that yeah. particular person. Just tell her. Mm-hmm. So she could have just told her. <laughs> well, maybe I, that's she, how she thinks, though. Yeah. In poetry, maybe internally. She only speaks in poetry. She yeah. speaks in poetry. Uh, but, like, I, I enjoyed this episode. I think I think this episode, like you said, below Jabaro. But, like, my top three from this season would be, like, the Seafarer, Jabaro, and then this. Uh, mm. I think I think this episode did well. But I guess that's why they put it at six. Yeah, I yeah, guess. It, it's definitely not the worst episode of the season. I just didn't I didn't care for it that much. There okay. wasn't anything going on in it that I liked it's that much. It's the Genshin Impact animation for me. I just... So, <laughs> I, didn't even, I don't even care about the animation, personally. It just... It was a lady who, you know, crash-landed like normal like every episode of this show when somebody crash lands they're probably gonna have a bad ending or like somehow live i don't know it's a rough time yeah and then she connects it and then she's like well i guess i'm just gonna carry this dead body around with me for the rest of time this is one of the concepts that in this episode i didn't care for i understand why they did it from a narrative standpoint but just take her suit i feel yeah, like just take her suit I that's what like i thought about the entire if there time was a crack in the suit uh if there's a crack in the suit it's clearly not tied to any sort of like internal mechanism within the suit that she needs to like keep the suit pressurized or whatever it it didn't make a whole lot of sense to her not just remove the suit and carry that around rather than the whole body i maybe she was trying to preserve the body but she was very clearly on a time crunch and she was yeah, yeah. I believe, look look if either of you were dead in a desert and i needed to get across in like what what was it, like 42 hours or something yeah. i would have left you yeah and she was like constantly pumping her veins full because she was tired and it's like well, Get rid of half the weight. Yeah, you're carrying literally like 250 pounds behind you. Just I, drop it. I trust myself to run like 20 kilometers. Or it was like 42 kilometers in like 48 hours if I wasn't carrying around one of your guys' dead bodies. Yeah, like, sorry, guys. I, I, could, I could do it. I could definitely do it. Yeah? Yeah. For uh, like within 42 hours. Like, I, I suppose if you like, have like no two days. Water, like, if you do, well, the food and the water, she's like using the, like, the drugs in her like... Yeah, you just have drugs. Look, yeah. if there's That's one thing, food. if there's one That's thing I've learned from America, it's you. You don't need food. You don't need home. You need drugs. I mean. I don't know. No, that's not how it's like a water. You need the water. Nah. I, I could definitely, I could definitely do it. I, I will challenge all of our viewers to uh, specifically try to run forty-two kilometers in forty-eight hours on drugs. You can do it too. I think that makes it easier. Yeah, the drugs. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're 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 thinking about <laughs> All right. Before we move on, a quick checklist. There was death. There was. There was a robot technically because it's a big it's a machine. machine. Uh, what about love? Was there love? I don't... Uh, there was... Uh, poetry is love, there right? Was... <laughs> love for the language. <laughs> this poetry... The true love. This poetry Drugs. is kung fu. <laughs> Addiction is sort of love, really. Yeah. When you hit love of drugs. Yeah, I, I guess you're not wrong. So uh, this sort of hits all three. Yeah. That in itself should have put it above everything else. I, I think the bad ending to this would have been her getting saved, you know? Like, if she'd gotten saved, <laughs> she would have just lived the, the rest of her life as a drug-addled... Like yeah. Drug addled, you don't come back from the amount she pumped into her body. She, well, she, she would have had health. a serious addiction problem coming back. It's interesting that that's a function, because the suit itself is like, don't do this. Yeah. Well, so I why mean, would you put it in there? 
I mean, at the same time, like, I, I, I guess if the suit won't give it to you and it malfunctions, like, you have to have, like, an, like, just do it kind of thing, right? <laughs> like, this suit had all these capabilities, and yet it wasn't, like, always just, like, flashing red, like, hey, you're a little dehydrated. Like, it wasn't keeping track of anything else, just, like, how many drugs do you have in your system right now? It was, like, reading your toxins and everything, and it was, like, it wasn't ever, like, hey, drink some water. I think the more obnoxious thing about the lore building in this episode is that the, the crux of the episode, the, the uh, climax of the episode, is that she turns on her, like, she turns on her visor to, uh, to view mechanical or signal uh, signals like an electromagnetic spectrum, yeah. and then she sees that this this planet has like a cool like you know wave effect of electromagnetic spectrum across it. But nobody in this entire research mission, yeah. even accidentally, like just Oops. flipped on their visor and was like, "Oh my goodness, there's this crazy, there's this crazy like pulse like mechanic going on around this uh, this planet. That's crazy. It's almost like it's a machine." No one put that together. No to be one. fair, though. What if it was I do like, have an explanation for that. Drugs? It's drugs. Yeah, like that's She the, didn't click it until well, she took the drugs, man. The no, this is the drugs. For the no, end. and that's the <laughs> yeah. thing like the, the bad part about this episode is the fact that all of this could have been hallucinated. You may not have actually had the ending even. Maybe she was just in like such a high state yes. that she was imagining literally all of I am a satellite. <laughs> yeah, like maybe she's just like even in her mind she's just spacing out like from the satellite view and it's like Hello, Houston. Like, maybe none of this ever happened. She might not even be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> She's just sitting in She the is under the bridge down the street right now. <laughs> yeah, like, like, you can't even say it has a good ending because it's like a freaking Pokemon episode, essentially. <laughs> Maybe he's a, maybe she's in a coma. What? Where is she? <laughs> she has so much drugs pumping through. She doesn't know. None of us know. All right. Number five. We're only this is going to be Mason's rats. This is going to upset each and every person in this room. This oh, bad traveling. Be, this cannot be bad traveling. This is bad traveling. Why did he put it number they, one? They have number five is bad traveling. The number one's going to piss me off so much, yeah, dude. I it will. I promise you it will. Bad traveling is uh, the episode. It, so it's not like a, a sci-fi either. So it, it's just well, a, a I mean, crew. It's kind of sci-fi. Oh, number one's going to be three. It's it's just it a bones, the dude. bad traveling is about uh, a crew of uh, they're not pirates per se just mercenaries essentially they're pirates I, and, think, I think they were just are were, they technically pirates no they they were fishermen yeah, yeah they like were. the ending the ending of the episode oh yeah because yeah. yeah I saw their gun uh, they're pirates yeah one gun and they're out at sea and they're on this passage that's well known for having like sea beasties and stuff and there's a big old crab that attacks the ship murders people and then uses them as hand puppets this this episode's one of the best episodes not just of the season but i think of the series like this this is like top three episodes for me in the series yeah because you not only do you have like a good story uh the animation's pretty all right like it, it's not anything to write home about necessarily but also there's real character development not yeah the, and like like the the protagonist is a good guy for once. Yeah, and, and like they really. Well, I mean, he does in... kind of just go off like shooting people. Okay, no, but they explain why. Yeah, they do explain why, but at the same time, he like doesn't even hesitate. So and, he's done it before, and he does it all for the greater good. I think, like you said, this this episode does a good job of setting that up. Like every action he takes proves that he was a good guy. At the beginning of the episode, the crab goes beneath deck. He proposes the idea to draw lots to see who goes down below to mm -hmm. make it fair. And to make it equal. And I think it like it does a good job of showing that he cares specifically about what is the greater good. It's like the trolley problem, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but like the, the trolley problem where you're the, one of the guys getting run over. And he would, uh, the ending of this, I think, does really well of showing Now, that. Quentin, you might not know what the trolley problem is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? What? So the I'm, trolley I'm... problem is you're in San Francisco. Okay. You walk up to the trolley. Yeah. 
you have no money. Yeah. So you either have to do the classic San Franciscan thing and murder the guy behind you and take his money, or you tell the guy you don't have money, and then the bus driver murders you. What do you or do? Or I just kill the bus driver and take control of the trolley. No, you're not. You're not. You're not certified. No, 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 you're not I, certified. It doesn't matter. They I won't already, let you. I'm not. They will not I'm let not you. I'm not certified to kill a man either, but I just did. No. Our basic human instinct is to murder. No, we if are you take, certified. If you take human instinct of the bus, you run into a crowd of people. That is the third option. <laughs> I can drive a bus. <laughs> I think. I think this is one of the better episodes for me. They're always surprising to me when a, when a good ending comes up. When, mm-hmm. when, like not everyone dies, or uh, when someone when a character makes an uncharacteristically unselfish decision. But what if there so, was that one guy who wasn't actually paying attention when the guy was like, okay, here's what these things mean. I'm just sitting dude. there in the background like, oh, crap. Uh, and I like lean over, hey, what'd you put down? And the guy's like, <laughs> oh. And I'm like, oh, okay, there was that a, has to be the right answer. There was one particular character, the character that gets locked in the box at the end. He is so miserably stupid that I think he probably did do that. <laughs> yeah, like, it is uh, a possibility. I think he specifically looked over and he's like, which one was the one where we don't kill people? <laughs> uh, in this in this episode, the captain, or the would-be captain, the person who is currently in charge because he has a gun, he proposes to the crew, we can either take this crab to the island full of people where it wants to murder and eat them, or alternatively, we can potentially avert this entire thing by going to an island that does not include people and then dropping the crab off there instead. And for some reason, unbeknownst to me or any logical human, the rest of the crew just votes to kill the island. There was really no yeah. reason or incentive to do so. Well, selfish the, human beings. Other than ah. the crab might have gotten a little hungry, but they feed the crab once at the beginning of the episode, and then he never asks for food again. They just feed him. They are not very economic with this. He just throws three people in at once when it's yeah. proven you don't need to feed three people at once. He, he never want, He asks for food one time. But then again, uh, also, it might kind of contribute to the fact that he was worried about a coup, and so he was trying to, like... You mean just... the one that happened? Yeah, and then... exactly. And so he was just trying to, like, work through people as quickly as possible at that point in time. Like, at the end, it didn't make sense when he was tossing people in. During, like, the middle section, it completely made sense, because he was like, well, crap, gotta, like, make him believe, right? Like, I'm gonna end up killing all of them anyways. Yeah. Just... And also, he had no idea they would, like, repopulate that quickly. Who knew? I do like, from the perspective of the crewmates, at the beginning of the... Uh... At the beginning of the crux of everything, he specifically mentions that he marked the ballots to uh, to uh, be able to see who was the traitorous person among them. And then it, we find out later that all the crewmates marked it as they were going to kill the island of people. But he kills two people at the very beginning of that decision. And from the rest of the crewmates' perspective, they're like, oh my god, this guy's the dumbest person alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he thought it was those guys. Oh my god. And since none of them, no, no one else knows what everyone else, everyone else put, they just assume that he killed at least one innocent person. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my god. What a dumb... He, he forgot what the X and O meant. He didn't even know what he was saying. And... Uh, for that, I laud the uh, stupidity of the rest of the crew. Yeah, uh, that bullet had infinite ammo. It didn't. He shot it like four times, and I never saw him reload it once. Well, if it's a revolver, probably a six shots, yeah, five to six. Was it a revolver? Yeah, I think so. Or it was just like you know one of those cool pirate guns. I was thinking it was one of the pirate guns. I think it had a. I think it was a revolver. Regardless, uh, I'm not with the NRA, so I don't know what that little little uh, bit is called you know, that spins the that spins time. the little bullets. I don't know what that is. Um, what what problems did you guys have with this episode though? Because I had a few. Like I had one problem, and that was with the crab itself, just because of the fact that like you know it's a crab. 
that jumped out from the ocean, and yet it couldn't swim to an island that I knew existed. It does does seem like a. I thought the the issue was that it didn't know how to get there. I but it knew it the could, island. Yeah, but wait, name, it like, knew its name. Like, he wait, literally... wait, that means that down at the bottom of the ocean, there's like a crab like community that yeah, that like travels and whatever. <laughs> the uh, the uh, migrating crab communities. Yeah. Like, bro, I heard about this place, Faden Island, tons of humans. Yeah. Also, one question is: so this guy like had was planning on killing this crab, right? Why didn't he just tell the rest of the crew like, hey, we got a bunch of oil downstairs. Why don't we just like shoot it? Now, as Gabe pointed out earlier, there are a bunch of idiots i i I know like not a lot of problem solving i think that's a that's the problem with this this episode is there are like a lot of clear obvious answers to things i think i think the solution is that they're idiots so this isn't like a like a last jedi scenario where you know she chose not to tell everyone on that ship it made no sense because everyone on there was smart she should have told everyone in the last jedi what the plan was to do with it's established that she is smart yes in this he is the one smart guy Everyone else is idiots. One of these guys is literally designed after a loaf of bread. Like, <laughs> are you talking about the big boy? Yeah. Uh, like, I wouldn't trust these guys with the knowledge to bake a cookie, let alone how I was going to kill the crab. But yeah, this episode definitely doesn't deserve to be number five. Yeah, this is five. I think it should have been one or two. It's yeah. ridiculous that it's number five. I shudder to think what the rest of the list looks like since I know that the rest of the episode... Next okay, one's Mason's You're, you're going to like this as we move into number you're four. Tell oh, wait, wait, sorry. Real quick, bad traveling. It had no love. Well, no, wait. It had love for your for humanity because the guy, the guy yeah, loved, he people. He oh, loved people. It had, but it had no robots. But there was quite a bit of death, so it at least hit two of the three. Now, I think the placement of this one immediately after bad traveling is going to frustrate you the most. It I is. Uh, it is. Three robots exit strategies is their number four. Oh, I'm going to kill myself, uh, dude. This list. It, dude, stop. It's torture. Uh, the The whole point of this stupid one is just to say humans bad. This is why they're dead. Okay. And it takes a couple cracks, which is funny. But again, who cares? Points for having robots. Not many true. episodes. There's no love robots. or death in this one. Well, well, technically all the humans are dead. Well, no, but you don't already. see them dead. You don't see the but death. I think... You see post-death. Wait, like, did anything die on the landmines? Were there any, like, little critters who wandered onto the Ah, uh, shoot! Yeah, there was. Weren't. There was a little critter that got blown up. Got him. There's death. There's they, death. I think the reason I don't like this episode is because it feels like fan service. It is. That's uh, exactly yeah. what this is. I think this was one of the weaker episodes out of episode uh, out of season one for me. And the fact that they this is what they decided out of all of season one. There are so many good episodes in mm-hmm. season one. There's so many good episodes in season two. But... Uh, if they were going to pick a fan-favorite episode, they had Sony's Edge. They had the Beyond a Killer Rift. They had so many good episodes yeah. to choose from in I season one. And they chose like, the, the one that's just like sarcastic robots going and being like, wow, humans sure sucked, right? This is the most ham-fisted episode of I all. I think <laughs> the reason they like made this one the sequel is though, just because of how easy it was to sequel it. Yeah. Like, they didn't necessarily yeah. have to do a good job. They it's were just, just a like, joke. They had to continue like the joke. And I will just say... This episode called me out so hard. This episode called me out so incredibly hard. Because at the end of the episode, they're like, and then humans went to Mars. And I looked over to Angel. I look over and I look her in the eye and I said, it's going to be freaking Elon Musk. It's going to be Elon Musk on the moon and I'm going to hang myself from this <laughs> And then the joke is the cat saying... You thought it was going to be Elon Musk. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you got me on this one, Robots. You got me good they on knew this exactly one. What they, you, knew, they knew exactly what I was going to do. They had your number. If, I don't get the fascination with Elon Musk. But I'm so glad I'm so glad that they subverted my expectations, if only for a moment. So moving on to the next episode. <laughs> number three. We're in the top three now. If it's, 
I, Mason's Rats has to be number one. Like, I, I don't know. Wait, so what, what do we got left? We got, uh, we got Mason's Rats. The little Honey Night, Badger episode. We got Night of the Mini Dead and the Honey Badger episode. I'm put the Honey Badger episode at number one? No, I'm going to say the Honey, Honey Badger is episode three. Number three. I'm going to say it's number three. Episode three. Yeah. Is Kill Team Kill, the Honey Badger episode. Okay, this probably deserves Let's to go. Be here. Like the, the, in, in the remaining episodes, this probably deserved to be here. Of what's it, left, yeah, I guess. Of what's left, it deserved <laughs> to be there. But If this it, list isn't generated by... If this list were generated by a real human who exists and breathes and <laughs> perceives time with his eyes, I think this episode deserves to be like number eight or seven. It doesn't have like a message. The animation is fine. But, you know, it's, it's like a classic 2D animation. It's just a bunch of military guys being like, <laughs> we like killing things. This and is then, clearly meant... And Love, Death, and killed. Robots. Oh, sorry, yes. Sorry, I, I, I apologize. I did the thing where I interrupted you again. Of course. Uh, go on. Anyway. <laughs> Love, Death, and Robots, It they're very good at tailoring themselves to every single audience. Like you said, that is exactly what Kill Team Kill does. It's not meant for... You know, someone who who's looking for you know why why would a machine communicate through poetry? Why why would humans want to take over this other world? You know, it's not anything like that. It's not anything deep. This is this is just Americans murdering things. This is uh, <laughs> the episode for Family Guy fans. It's what yeah. we're like yeah. robot chicken fans. Like uh, Seth Green is even in this episode, so it is really just the robot chicken episode. Which okay, whatever. <laughs> but it doesn't have a whole lot going for it. This is Quentin's favorite episode. Is it? Is it? Yeah. yeah <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> this is the episode you bring up to me all the time. Because like you literally talk about this episode, I think more than any other episode. I think it was because at the time I hadn't seen all the episodes in the season yet. It was this was like the first episode I think I no this is like the second or third episode I saw in this season, and it's just because the honey badger thing that I brought it up. I think the honey badger joke was a little ham fisted. Like, no, it I'm was all for memes. I'm all for memes. I love memes. But honey the badger. honey badger meme is like four years old now. Think about it. If they brought up a Harambe joke, oh, you would have died. You wouldn't be in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. You'd be dead. <laughs> I would have sent it to heaven, my lord. Like, if if Bear, okay, I might have, I might have enjoyed a Harambe joke. Yeah, exactly. I'm... Like but it was very ham-fisted that that particular joke. But yeah, but it's like that's the thing. They just pick like really old jokes, and they're like, "We'll bring this back up," and you know, eventually, eventually, Harambe will show up in something that we watch. And... Now, to be fair, the the honey badger meme is clearly meant for this target audience and it's people who were a solid eight years behind current culture that's fair that's it, it's, this the, is cool. it is the family guy episode yeah this actually felt like uh an episode of the old clone wars series the one yeah. where everyone is a little like janky and methed out yeah uh if if the old clone Wars series was written for uh depressed 25 year olds I think this would have been it. This would have been it. It's Quentin. I'm a depressed 25-year-old. Uh, okay, you know what? Since this is your favorite episode, we haven't said what it's about, so why don't you tell us what Kill Team Kill is actually about? This isn't my favorite it's episode. It's your favorite no, episode. It's not. He's, he's stalling because he can't remember it because it's not memorable. <laughs> uh, this episode is essentially they like, man, we got to get up this hill, and they start climbing up this mountain, and they're like, that's going to take a while, and they're like, we got to meet up with these people. And they get to the top of the mountain, and there's, like, a whole bunch of dead people. And then they're like, what happened here? And then they they see this big honey badger bear-looking thing. Okay, can I stop you for a second? Yeah. Now, maybe I've misinterpreted what you've told me. Is it your belief that, like, the plot and the main driving force of this whole episode <laughs> is guy needs to go uphill? Do <laughs> you think that, that's what they were doing there? They just needed to go up the hill? 
I mean, sorry. Continue with your explanation. No, it's good. It's good. The whole point was to get from point A to point B. That was the only thing they were supposed to do in this episode. It's just like the only thing they were supposed to do in the episode with Cthulhu is find these the, the, the hostages, and they didn't do that. This is what it sounds like to explain video games to my mom. <laughs> it's like, there's a guy, he needs to go up the hill, and then there's a honey badger, and it's a robot. It's like, this is exactly what it sounds like. And then these other me. American CIA people pop out. Well, this one guy, and he's like, I need your help. And then they go into his secret base, and then it turns out it's an American experiment. And then the CIA guy's like, everybody else is dead now. And they're like, okay, we'll kill it. And it, then they do kill it. But then there's a self-destruct button, and then they die, and then everybody's dead, and then it's kill team kill, because... Oh, this is exactly what it sounds like to explain Black Ops to someone who's never played Black Ops before. <laughs> like, we're halfway through your explanation, my, my brain died, and I was like, <laughs> I was like what? Which, which show is he talking about? And I was like, oh, no, it, it is just like that cookie cutter of an episode. Yeah, where it like, is. That's the point. Like, it's so bad, because it's all like just strung together with the most generic things possible here. part of me was like oh no he's talking about a rick and morty episode <laughs> oh no no it's it's team kill team kill but this is like literally exactly how the episode goes <laughs> yeah. too that's the worst part I about think, it i think that's the most concise we've explained any of the episodes thus far i think this episode lacks what most good good episodes do in the series symbolism a plot symbolism a plot uh any sort of twist there is not a single oh, yeah. twist in this entire well, episode. you're saying that the uh, self-destruct at the end wasn't a twist boom no. the, the guy like survived and he was like <laughs> stupid honey badger what Man. i will say <laughs> what i will say about this episode is it does have love death and a robot it has, oh shoot he's right he loves the little robot he oh dies, yeah everyone dies and then there is uh there is uh, i did death. like that robot yeah i did like that and then it died. And it- this is actually the most important episode of the entire season. Which is Screw Jabaro. Yeah, this is Screw be- Mason's Rats. <laughs> Even the bad travels, all garbage now. Oh, Mason's Rats is actually ahead of this, allegedly. It, Which Presumably also, it has to be. Presumably the remaining two episodes are Night of the Many Dead and Mason's Rats, which one of those definitely doesn't belong as high as it is, but what is number two? I disagree okay. because my cat loves Night of the Living Dead. Now, because we're in the last two, I have to tell you number one first. Or otherwise, it'll give it away. So, as you well, stated, the last two are Mason's Rats and the Night of the Mini Dead or, or whatever. So, the, actually, before we continue, yeah. the top three, all funny episodes. All the funny episodes. Oh, you're this right. This guy is a Family Guy fan. You're right. This this author is like a Family Guy or a Robot Chicken fan. And he's like, he's having a great time watching Love <laughs> He has no depression in his life. He has no obstacles he needs to face. That's I mean, why he put the other ep- six episodes at the bottom of the list because the other six episodes, they have struggle, they have conflict. He's like, I don't relate with any of this. Where is the funny? Where's the Where's the funny Seth Green voice? Where's the funny like little guy screaming? Like they're all three funny episodes. Now I'm looking at the man's the man's photo himself. And uh, you are right. <laughs> this man has faced no conflict in his life. Uh, is this going to look like Gabe? His name is, he's not, is it just His Gabe? name is Austin Allison. Austin, all right, okay. I'm going to flip my computer around. You all, you all can take a look at him. He looks like just a happy guy who just wants to have a good time. Oh, my goodness. That's what he is. This is exactly what it looks like when your life is just great. Yeah, he's just having this a good is, time. This is pictures that match the opinions so hard. <laughs> yeah. No offense, Austin. I love you for making this list. I'm sure you're it's a great, great guy. Content. I don't love you. Uh, Next time you make a list, you might want to let us in on it, though. Or anyone else. Okay, so now, number one. This is the best episode. And you can't disagree. As by Collider, because Collider 
is more important than us. So our opinions don't matter, but theirs does. Yeah. The best episode is Night of the Mini Dragon. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Austin. <laughs> Check beneath your pillow. He probably really just enjoyed the like beginning sex scene. Yeah, the, 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 yeah that, this is why this made it on the list. Nothing else. He was like... <laughs> Mini squeaky people having sex. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's start. Masturbating to himself. Let's start with Mason's Rats, an episode that actually deserves to probably be in the top okay. four, okay. the top three. It's a great episode. I think in terms of funny episodes, it does what funny episodes should. It has yeah. a robot, and it has a joke. So those are what funny episodes should do. Uh, funny episodes in Love, Death, and Robots, I don't care for. I think uh, anthology series do a great job at showing, like, the folly of humanity, but I understand why they're in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta have a pickup. You gotta have a light in the mood episode, and I, I think this episode does really great at that. I think it is an okay episode, but I think this episode does really well at being a, a funny episode. It's one of the better funny episodes in Love. Yeah, Death Night Robots. of the or, Night of the Mini Dead is really the funniest episode. No, I'm not gonna. No, no, no I think right I'm pretty sure you're talking no, about no. the other one. See, Mason's Rats also has a little bit of heart in there. Yeah, I think. Now, I did like night of the mini dead or whatever but i do not i do not believe it deserves to be at number one no especially I, with only like what five minutes it, of content if seven even minutes long but two minutes of that is the end credits because like two minutes of every episode is end credits 30 seconds of the beginning is beginning credits <laughs> okay wrong. so, so for context uh mason's rats is an episode where a guy has a rat problem and he gets progressively more advanced extermination technology to deal with the rat problem. So the, ra- the, the robot that kills each of these rats becomes more advanced as time continues in the episode. And the rats evolve alongside that and also become more evolved. They start out as just Neanderthals, lugging stones at the robots, and then they evolve to be like... They, they adopt the technology of the robots uh, that are thrown at them to fight more sophisticated robots. I mean, the technology of the rats pretty much stayed the same for the most part. They shot arrows from, like, start to finish. Yeah, if you're familiar with the general conflict between the Scottish and the English, it's just that but in a barn. Yeah, yeah, it's literally that. I think this episode is, is actually very funny. I, I, I think I would have put this at number two myself. Yeah. I think it is probably one of the only things in this list that deserves the place that it's in. Yeah. I I personally enjoyed this just because overall it was funny. Uh, there was heart in it. I also really loved both the rats and the scorpion robot because <laughs> like as terrible and cruel as the scorpion robot was, it was just like a happy dog. It's doing its job, time. man. It was <laughs> so happy. Like I've never been that happy in my life and it's killing rats. I, like it's doing oh, the worst job. Oh, killing rats does not begin to explain what this poor robot does to those rats. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, you know, it's just like... And it presents the corpses as if it were a dog presenting it yeah and that's what i loved about it because it was so happy i love that it presents their mangled little bodies to me it makes me as a man feel good it's like when your cat like drags up a mole and you're like oh i have never once felt that no but you're like that's terrible but you're disgusting it's terrible but i like i appreciate the gesture i guess but on the side of the rats i think my favorite part is that uh there is a little mini mason rat within the uh, within the rat community that he ends up bonding with at the end, and this is the best part for me because they end up like sharing what I can only assume is the worst ale ever created because it was created by a filthy rat who probably deserved to die. Yeah. I just want to know how big was this population of rats? 
Yeah, a lot of rats died. There was, like, he was like, thousands of rats. It's like, it's essentially Ratatouille when, like, the ceiling collapses and there's, like, a thousand of them up there. It is uh, an inhumane number of rats that this robot kills. Like, they are either breeding so excessively that it is unreasonable, or they are, in, like, just, there were just so many of them to begin with. Now, according to a quick Google search, the average colony size for rats is somewhere around 150 individuals. The pile of rats was the size of Mason. But, yeah. but like, each rat was like... They were big rats, to be fair. Like they were this. fat rats. They were huge rats. And like, from Where the did pile, they stay in there? Where'd they get um, all the... Among the grain. <laughs> also... Consigned to the grain pile. I like the fact this guy has, like, a house and then these two big barns, right? An entire rat population literally evolved in one of these barns these barns that he had grain stored in he had all this like technology stalled in that he was using for his farming and he never noticed yeah how do you, how do like, you not notice a rat civilization developing right in your like own they yard literally converted, the <laughs> they literally converted one of his huge things into like just an, a, a, a storage for ale and he's like huh never used it why do you have it then old man also, the rats befriending Mason doesn't make a lot of sense. To him, to, this is like the rats befriending Hitler. Like, yeah, that's exactly. This is their it, Hitler, yeah. and they were like, you know what? But despite our differences, we, we can come together and say we both hate robots. Don't mind the pile of your murdered brethren behind me. I love you now. It's like he, he goes to drink ale on the outside of his barn, but... From what we gather, there was a pile of rat corpses just slightly to the yeah. right. Well, I, I thought though, this was going to end with them poisoning him. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I thought that was why he was like, the ale tastes like the garbage. Yeah. Because uh, they poisoned him, but not. Nah, they, they were just like, we're chill now. You, you know, Rat Hitler has uh, <laughs> has been, he, he's, he's had a redemption arc. Yes, sir. I'm trying to think. When the first rat popped up, did it try and attack him or did it just pop up? I think it shot a like a crossbow at him didn't it did the first one so didn't they technically open fire first fired the first shot yeah boy he did walk in with a shotgun though well yeah if you <laughs> now okay let's say a man bursts through that door right now with a shotgun would we shoot a primitive arrow but at it's him? his house yes. it's his building their whole civilization developed it there it doesn't matter though like if a bunch of ants are crawling around in here you're gonna look at him and be like well they could evolve someday well i guess like from their perspective right like they evolved during this time. Like there was a lot. Like a to them at least. The you should have been like a time god was to like, them. <laughs> you yeah, put a house over their head. The, 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 a significant like amount of rat time passed between the last time he entered that barn and the time he entered that barn with a shotgun. So to him, <laughs> to the, to them, like they've evolved into a species with technology and crossbows. It's like they they don't understand what's going on. They the, so many rat generations have passed. <laughs> Don't bite the hand that feeds you. That's all I'm saying. He put that grain in that bucket. They broke the bucket. And then they had the nerve to attack him. How dare they? <laughs> Viewers can't see Talon's look, but it's a pretty good look. I... Moving on, Night of the Mini Dead, uh, an episode that so clearly doesn't deserve to be at number one. This episode is just uh, Night of the Living Dead, but with tiny little miniatures inside of a uh, diorama. I think the it's only fine. thing I can actually say about this is it was an episode my cat enjoyed watching it. There's... There are comedic bits, I guess. Like at the beginning, there is a guy having sex in a graveyard, 
and then the cross lights on fire. You thought that was funny? You're disgusting. Uh, it's, like, it's comedy. It's, I think it, I guess it's comedy. It, it does have a it does have an added benefit of following up a pretty depressing episode in uh, Heart of the Machine. It's okay. It it leaves you no time to actually analyze what's going on. There's a funny Donald Trump joke in it. That's funny. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I did technically laugh. I guess it can't. It might not necessarily be Donald Trump, but. Oh. There's a little funny Donald Trump joke in it. Oh. I don't actually remember. I I did not rewatch this episode because I, I didn't rewatch they it. They do it in a, like a like a kind of Donald Trump talking pattern. It's oh whatever episode. This is just a rehash of the fridge episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's all. That's. I all think the is. fridge one had a, a neater concept though. The yeah, I, the idea except there were unanimated people in it. I think disgusting. Yeah, disgusting. Like this episode is one of those episodes I will consign to the I watched it pile of <laughs> yeah. love, death, and robots. Like not every episode is going to hit for every person, but very clearly this person lives a, a life of never having to struggle with the conflicts of identity or colonialism. He just he's like, bro, Family Guy's pretty <laughs> lit right now, <laughs> season twelve, dude. Were there any funny episodes in the the lower group here? In the, like, the first and second season? No, like, I'm looking at no. the, this Collider list and seeing if there were any humorous ones at the no. bottom, and there were not. Um, oh. I guess it depends on your thoughts on colonialism. Wait, was three robots four? It was. All four yeah. of the funny episodes yeah. in this season are on the top of yeah. the list. All I'm the going, humor episodes. I'm going whack. I assume he rated it based on number of chuckles per viewing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, so, like, he, the, the, like, the depressing ones about, like colonialism or like turning organisms into weapons that those are the ones where he's just like that wasn't funny at wait all. a second now let's continue as though his gauge was in fact the number of chuckles yeah jabaro was not at the bottom <laughs> so that means he was like bro i could see myself i laughed a couple times during jabaro like i guess if i rate this on my chuckles per episode he's got the right list i, <laughs> I think suppose i mean like the only part that I could have found fun, uh, funny about Jabaro is when all, like, the soldiers are, like, weirdly <laughs> dancing into the water. Yeah. And just like, whoa! Yeah, like, that is exactly where I laugh. Like, is when they're, like, <laughs> when they're, like, dancing into the water. <laughs> See, that was actually part of the uh, part of the episode that killed it for me. That one scene, I was like, oh, very funny. <laughs> oh, God, this is terrible. Like, I, I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even look past it because of the, like, animation. I was just like, oh, why are they... What is going on? Like their bodies can't move that way. I don't care what's going on. Like now that we they're like doing a heel clicks, like snapping and cracking. And, like it just doesn't make any sense. Bunch of Plato men, bro. I think we might have cracked it. Yeah, I think that's I, what I'm this thinking is. back to the list. I'm thinking back to the list, and if we start from the bottom, they do get progressively more funny as the list goes yeah. on. Yeah. The uh, nothing episodes or the episodes where it's just violence are the episodes he put at the bottom. Yeah. And no chuckles had. We cracked the code for for our author here. He. He did rate them by chuckles. Well done, sir. Well done, Austin. <laughs> you did this, your job. Yeah, this list is spot on if you rate it chuckles per episode. I pray one day this podcast will reach Austin's ears. And Austin rates our podcast yeah. by number of chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. There's just like not, there's not even a ranking. It's oh, just... it'll be great because it's going to open up with, this was the most consistent podcast I ever watched. Zero across the board. <laughs> Didn't laugh once. I think the, the, the egregious thing is that he puts no explanation if i if i had an explanation here on why each episode was ranked the way it was i'd feel a lot better but as it stands this is just like a love death and robots episode where i have to interpret meaning myself god dang well thank you austin because i i think you added the best part of this whole podcast was not us analyzing the show but really you you as a human being i hope one day to meet you in person
I don't want to meet you, Austin. You know, Austin this I man gets paid for what he does. I'd like you to remember that. We yeah, do not. and someday I'll get a pizza out of this. There's a pizza involved? Not you guys are you. getting paid? Not for you. <laughs> you guys so, are getting paid? So at the start of this whole podcast, I told him that with our first, if we ever make money, yeah. the, the first check we get, I will buy him a pizza. Okay, I want it on this. No, no, you don't get on this. <laughs> he gets we to pick the flavor. Two pizzas, what does my payment look like? You, now you, you asked him. Yeah, you, you didn't write out a contract this at the start of this. this you just showed up. <laughs> Bringing us back on a topic a little bit. Please. After watching all three volumes, like... Do you think that this is developing or that it's kind of just going to be the same? Like, as far as, like, symbolism, like, from volume one to three? I don't feel like there are any highs in this that were really that much higher than anything else I've seen. Yeah, I, like, I think we will see probably one of the most, like our show, the most consistent show on Netflix. So, I, I think that, I think I agree with that as well. The show does what it does pretty consistently. Mm -hmm. And I think I've never gone a season without at least having two or three memorable episodes which i think is i think is a good bar to set i do wish though there was more content per season i As, wish there was twice as many episodes per season because i feel like yeah. the consistency in the end though is going to be the show's downfall the first two volumes had a lot of hype behind them and everything and they got a lot of views and everything but then volume three like it was on their top 10 list for a day i think that and the then issue it just with volume three was that it was not advertised at all that's true, but, like, it, it was still there, and people will still find it, but, like, I didn't get any advertisements when any random Scooby-Doo popped up and stayed in the top ten movies for, like, a week. Like, all, there's so many movies that weren't ad advertised, so many shows, but they stayed there, so they, like, got that spot. Shrek 2 was yeah, there. Shrek 2 was there forever. And yeah, it was there for, like, a month. Yeah, and, yeah, Coco Melon, it freaking never leaves. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's always, ten, it's always, always there. It's always ten place. But, like, Love, Death, and Robots, it, it was there for, like, the day that you said you saw it there, and then after that, it was gone. And I'm wondering if it's because it's getting to the point where, like, it's always going to be good content, but at the same time, like, the consistency, if it's only just consistent it's never getting better and it's not going to keep drawing more and more people which is what netflix hates the most it's what gets things canceled yeah exactly and so i could see maybe one or two more volumes and then after that we'll never see the show again. i wonder if that's why they drop the episode count over time because they can spread them out easier yeah and, and then they only have to commit like budget for like eight to nine episodes gauge whether people still like it and then they can chop it off if they want without mm -hmm. spending like what you would spend for like 18 episodes like season one i think the best case scenario for love death and robots is i know like you guys keep saying how your favorite part about it is that it's an anthology show and that you just get one and that's that's good enough but i think the only real future for this show in the long run is if they pick like one or two episodes that like they really want to see and then they just create a spinoff and that's going to be probably the only place for the series in the long run their their best move right now might be uh to watch and see how the what if series for marvel pans out because oh, that's, that's sort true. of what what if is doing and i i can see that if that has lots of success going forward then they might spin off and like pick two or three storylines and continue those but mm. i don't know dream episodes for season four drown giant follow-up oh, follow <laughs> uh night of the mini dead follow-up uh only follow-ups to the episodes I don't remember. And I hope Austin Allison stars in at least all of them. There'll be a lucky 14 episode. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, was there, like, any episode that you thought was, like, from the season that's now, like, your favorite episode throughout all of it at all? Uh, Bad Travels. Duh. Uh, yeah, Bad yeah. Travels was, a, like, a... I don't think it's my... Like, it, 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 the problem with ranking Love, Death, and Robots episodes is that it's really hard to, like gauge things that all have like tonally different feels sometimes mm -hmm. but uh bad travels is definitely 
you know, top five for me. Now. Yeah, it's it's the most well-rounded, I think, yeah. at least in season three. All right, well, I think that pretty much sums up everything I have to say about Love, Death, and Robots. Silence you. means no. I think I think it's a good show. I think if you have two spare hours in your day, just watch the whole series. You might as well. It doesn't yeah. hurt. You're not really out of anything. What were you going to do with that time anyways? I think that's the what it's got going for it is that it really, you can't consider it a time sink if for the bad episodes because they're just so short. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I feel like personally, I'd probably just skip half. If I ever went back and rewatched this ep- this series, I would just skip the bad one. Yeah, I rewatched all my favorite episodes before getting here. Yeah. Uh, so, Beyond a Killer Rift, I watched uh, Sony's Edge, uh, Tall Grass. Uh, gosh, I, uh, I watched that. I watched Good Hunting. Like, yeah, Good I, Hunting actually, I really nice. love that episode. Which one's good hunting? Good hunting's the uh, like one with like the magical element where there's like that fox lady. Oh like, yeah, I love it. Like it's so depressing to me, and like it really hits me. There's an episode I really don't like, and it's uh, the ice in season oh, two, oh, where they're just what? running across it as like some. It's the animation that gets me on that yeah. one. I, everyone really likes that episode, but if I had a hot take, it would be that I don't like the yeah. ice. There's not much to it. It's just some guys running across yeah. the ice trying to prove themselves, right? No, oh, that's the best part of Love, Death, and Robots. You can love or hate anything. You can love, love Death or love, Robots, love death or any, robots. Any, anything. In disproportionate amounts. Uh, that's going to be it. We are running long on this one, but again, we had a little extra time because uh, there was going to be like 15 to 20 extra minutes that we would have nothing to do with. Thank you, Gabe, for showing up on this one. I, I hope you'll come back. Yeah, I'll be a regular part. I'll even think of an intro. I'll oh, play good. it on my <laughs> guitar. <laughs> I I don't know. We're not doing guitar, people. <laughs> yeah, we, we tried that. Did not work great. This, this is going to show. If you show up with an acoustic guitar, I'm throwing you out. No pizza for you. Uh, <clears throat> Quentin, you're always here. That's just how it is. But thank you for being here anyways. This is Through the Gate Podcast. I know you're going to say something. You're not going to say it yet. You're going to let me finish this. So no. I'm just going to say, if uh, <laughs> if I'm always going to be here, we, we might not have an episode this coming week. <laughs> Well, we won't be able to have one this week, this upcoming week. So again, we are Through the Gate Podcast. Uh, if you want to message us, you can uh, hit us up at throughthegatepod at gmail.com. It's spelled as the podcast is. We do have a Facebook page slash group, same name. If you have any questions, you want to yell at us. If you're Austin, please, I beg you, send us an email or anything. I'd love a viewer response. Yeah. I'd love a viewer response. If you want me on the podcast more, just email one to uh, that email that Talent mentioned earlier. If you don't want me on the podcast, say, no, I really, really, really don't want (laughs) you on that email. And we'll we'll take uh, in viewer consideration on whether or not I'm a good ad. The most important consideration is I'm the one that looks at the emails, so... Much cherry picks. Austin, Austin Austin types in. I really, really didn't like it. (laughs) No chuckles. Austin Austin is ultimately the man who will decide the future of this podcast. I'm gonna email it to him. We got like, there's gotta be. I'm gonna look into this man. Comment on the article will be like, Austin, we made a podcast about you. Please (laughs) listen to it. It's going to be good. I hope so. All right. Thanks to anyone who views. Uh, We really appreciate it. Again, feel free to write in whenever you want about anything you want. Or if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear your opinions. Thanks for uh, showing up and listening. Have a great day, everybody.